This is the Westlake Nation Podcast. Powered by the Westlake Shack Club. At the 20, 10, 5, touchdown! And he is into the end zone. Oh man, what a catch here! Touchdown, Westlake! And brought to you by Independence Title. Appliances Now. St. David's South Austin Medical Center. Hat Creek Burger Company. Overt Auto Group. Our Way Appliances. Restore Hyper Wellness. And now, here's Joe Taylor with another episode of Shap of the Week. Visiting with our Shap of the Week, Senior Captain Ty Ingram-Eiser, defensive backfield. Obviously, it's a position that is very heralded here, very respected at Westlake. Guys like you, Judson Crockett, Peyton Luther, you look back and you see, wow, the, the guys that have manned our positions in years past, it's almost like there is a legacy that you have to uphold because I know it's an, a very important position on the football field. Let's start there because I want to really get people to understand what it means for a guy that has worked his tail off to to be the best football player he can be. What was that moment like when the team named you a captain? It's been everything to me. I mean, I, I was fortunate enough to make the team as a sophomore, and I really got to, to learn behind some of the best leaders I've ever known. Luke Aaron's still one of my better friends from, from that team, and he was awesome with me. He, he made, made sure I was taken care of, made sure I had everything I needed. So I've kind of, as I've grown up uh, junior year, I sort of took on more of a leadership role within the secondary as a starter. But this year, it's just being that guy for my younger teammates, making sure they always know they can come to me. I, I like to joke around with them a lot. It's funny. Some of the other captains often often tell me they're like, "Wow, you shouldn't let him do that." It's like I did that with Luke Aaron, so it's just continuing on that legacy of being a friend and a leader to them. So it's it's been everything to me. And I think what we've seen in your journey is your growth pattern. You know, some guys can come in sophomore year and they're the dude. They are him, and they go right in and they're able to do whatever it is asked of them and play at a very high level. You know, there's guys that in the defense right now, Judson Crockett, Denham Collins. You plug them in as sophomores, and they never come out of the lineup. Your rise really has to do with just how smart of a football player you are. And I think that's also lost on some when they take a look at the question in the high school football space of, why is Westlake always so good on defense? Well, they have some of the smartest guys on the back end. And nothing was more evident. I mean, you talk about the absolute point personified. Somebody asked me, what do you think was the turning point of the game? First drive for Lake Travis, 7 nothing. They tried to hurry up and Denham blew up the play yeah. immediately. They were trying to catch y'all off guard. Denham recognized it immediately, and that immediate recognition led to a huge tackle. And not only huge tackle, visibly it looked good, but also emotionally you could tell that the entire sideline and the defensive unit really lit up after that. What was the experience like playing in that game in that moment when that happened? We offense got us started off great. We kind of went out there, uh, gave up a first down. They started going quickly, and, and that really just calmed us down. It, it For me especially, it takes about one big hit, or whether I get hit or hit someone else, uh, to kind of get me into the game. So watching that hit kind of calm me down, and the atmosphere around us, the fans kind of went away, and it was just play our game from then on. So you've been able to play in this game, but this is the first time you've been able to start in this game. And for your entire crew, the attack team guys on up, this was your first experience at Lake Travis. So it was everything as build. But then when you get out there, you talk about being able to shake it off after you know all of those butterflies that are very much there. And I think Coach Dodd said it and Coach Salazar's echoed it. If you weren't nervous, that's when I would worry. But if you are nervous and it just takes that hit, 
I think that's a, a unique perspective to have as people listen to this ties, all of this buildup, all of this hype, all of the film work, all of the prep work, all of the work that we've done over the past six months has led to this rival game. And now it's here and you almost don't know what to do until, oh yeah, we're playing football. Yeah. Is that what it's like? Yeah, the buildup and the outside outside noise, we try to keep it out of the field house as much as possible. Coach Salazar does a great job of making sure we know that. You, you feel it with the crowd, with the student section, especially the safeties. We warm up right in front of them, so that's always fun. But uh, like you said, as soon as, as soon as the game gets going, it really settles down, and it's just you're playing football. You're just like a middle school kid just playing football. It's just fun again, so. You position yourself as the guy that says, oh, wait, I'm just doing what I've always done. This is what I did in Pop Warner. This is what I did in middle school. Cool. Let's just go play football now. And I think that's to be able to take that deep breath in such a close game. And we think of the two touchdown drives that happened. And and you start asking questions. And your football mind starts taking over. And you go, how did they score again? And you realize that accountability goes both ways. And Coach Salazar told this story uh, on Tuesday morning at Three and Out Club to the community. He said, you know, we, we worked on a different switch. And we had a signal. And I signaled the wrong one. And we've heard about accountability at the highest level. I mean, if you have Tua Tungvaluwa on your fantasy team or any Miami Dolphin right now, you're doing pretty well. Yeah. And But their head coach, Mike McDaniel, said the same thing. He said, look, I'm honest with my team. I'm honest with Tua. I have these questions where I treat them as grown human beings. And I touched on this with, with Coach Murdoch earlier in our pregame conversation of probably where you get the most out of the player-coach relationship is – there's a, an element of respect there that may or may not exist in other programs. And I think it's it's across the board with your coaches. And I know that when you work with guys like Baylor Mullins and, and you understand the, the intricacies of what you're supposed to do, this part of the defense is hard. There's a lot to diagnose. There's a lot to download, if you will. What's that relationship like when there's so much accountability from the head coach on down? Especially for me, coming in as a sophomore, I, I've been it's been collaborative ever since – Ever since that first game, it's this is what I'm seeing. And they ask us in between every drive. They're like, what do you all see out there? And we tell them, and then they're like, okay, we're going to do this. And kind of as I've gotten older, Coach Mullins and Coach Jones sometimes get mad at me. I suggest different ways because I do, I do kind of think about it on the sideline. I'm like, eh, I don't really know if I like that. Uh, so it's really just working back and forth. And I know they always have the best interest uh, in mind, but they also have the team and Everyone just respects each other, and it works that way. Well, and you, you got to hand it to Coach Salazar for literally owning it and saying, hey, you know what? I signaled the wrong signal, and that's why it led to this big play, and that's why they were able to ultimately score their second touchdown. And when you have that kind of accountability from the head coach, not just your position coach or your other players, they preach the accountability to each other. And I know that happens a lot in film room. The accountability really happens in the film room. Take us through what the DB room is like in film because i know that that is a place where everybody is kind of watching each other and, and holding everybody else accountable yeah we we talk about it uh every thursday in our afternoon meetings coach salazar says it and we really do believe it the worst thing that you can do is that your teammates see you being lazy i mean we preach family here we preach caring for each other and playing for each other and that's a big uh, emphasis on my talks on thursday during my captain speeches so it, it's really just you want to give the best that you can, not only for yourself, but for those around you. If someone messes up, it's not like they don't want to do well. So you don't really go after them. You kind of support them. And that's where the uh, being an encourager, not a discourager comes in. It's a lot more, hey, you got this next time than dwelling on it. You just want to move on, make sure you're giving full effort. And I think having that kind of uh, mentality does so much for someone's confidence if they if they messed up or they were in the wrong position or god forbid if they got caught loafing on a play which probably doesn't happen but in the end that kind of self 
police environment probably works really, really well. Hey, not some adults yelling at me to get it done. These are my brothers. These are my teammates that are telling me they want me to be better. That has to help with with the psychology of being out there and, and trying to play as fast as possible. You just said it. it. It's a lot easier coming from someone you're lined up with rather than just some coach. I mean, I respect my coaches and, of course, what they say goes, but it, it is really helpful to hear someone your own age who's really living it with you because if, if they're disappointed in you, that really, that really hits home because you don't want to disappoint them. We've gone through so much in the offseason. I've gone through so much personally with these guys throughout my last three years on this team, and it's, it's, I care about them more than, more than I know. So. This 61 senior class, the largest in Westlake football history. We talked about this before senior night, but I bring it up again. I brought it up to Coach Murdoch. I bring it up to you because homecoming is is more of a a rite of passage for other people, right? It's that, you know, you're already here. You're already home, as, as Coach Dodge used to say. But in the end, what I look at it, Ty, is an opportunity for you to come back to Chaparral Stadium after a tough game and really say, okay, We've gotten over this hump. Now is the time where we really start to hone in and we say, okay, let's make a run for this district championship. So we've got some big games coming, but in this interim time where we know we're expected to win, now is when you actually take the focus up a notch. Tell us what the Lake Travis hangover or lack thereof has been all about. Just like our off week, I mean, our off week was kind of before Lake Travis, so it was a lot focused on them. But there's a big emphasis on us and making ourselves better. Like, we never really go against each other in practice, good on good offense versus defense. We've done it the last three days in practice because, while we respect Del Valley. Our our goals are are bigger than them, and it's not going to happen if we stay where we are. So we're really working every day just to get better for that end result. All right, take us through the name Ty Ingram Iser because I know I have to go to every public address announcer. I have to talk to some of my colleagues who are who are broadcasting the game for other teams, and I said, "Look, no, 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 it's it's Ty." Ingramizer. It may look like it's hyphenated. It is hyphenated, but I'll say the origin story is pretty incredible when you think about it. And I'm, I liken it to the origin story when we play New Braunfels and we played them the last two years. And you have to kind of dig why are the New Braunfels unicorns the unicorns? And it actually has a very similar connotation into the origin of, of your name. And it happened to be a royal name. Basically, my name, it doesn't come from, it's not a mix of my parents' two last names. It's all from my dad's side. Uh, I don't know how many years ago, and I'm going to do this story. Probably not. It's it's due justice. But Sir Ingram from England married Lady um, Iser from Germany. And in order to keep their titles, they had to combine the last names. So it's been a... Um, been a part of me ever since i appreciate you ever since my sophomore year you've been getting it right <laughs> my parents always joke joe taylor's the best because he never never mispronounces my name no so. it's important man because you know everybody's surname is is always the pronunciation is so big because i'll never live this one down and, and jack will tell you he was added to the varsity roster late y'all sophomore year he's i literally get one an updated roster while we're on the way to to mary harden baylor and i think well okay he's been added now, okay, all right, you know what? The chances of him playing, he's probably just playing because, like, at 9 situation, if somebody yeah. gets hurt, he goes in. So I didn't take the time. And then the little dude just comes on the scene does and just does. does what he does, and all of a sudden my phone is blowing up. Oh, it's Kaiser, not Kaiser. Ty Ingramizer, I've always thought about, what is that? You know, that's got to be something special because it's not two last names put together, hyphenated. It is, it's definitely got origins that I think a lot of people don't understand. And now we do because pretty interesting for your history, you're carrying on a family name that's been around for centuries. Mm. To me, that's a big, big deal. Do you have some sort of family pride wrapped around it? 
it's just me and my brother in terms of the ones that can potentially carry on that name. And it's so unique that my dad always jokes. He says he wants to keep giving substitute teachers problems. <laughs> so uh, make sure we carry that on and carry it well because we're now the last four Ingramizers left in the world. That's just insane. Roll call is always a, a fantastic time in, in a young kid's life that has a strange last mm-hmm. name. So I, I appreciate you sharing that story. It kind of revolves around the feeling of family that's that's in this field house. And, you know, we've talked to several coaches about you. We've talked to over the years kind of trying to understand who these players are underneath the helmet. You're just a bunch of smart guys that really like playing football. And I know that intelligence is a, is a big, big part of, of your understanding of football and why you're able to play at such a level. Baylor Mullins makes a joke sometimes. He's like, okay, well, here's intelligence and here's speed. And I'd, if, I'd say yeah. it's more like I'd say it's more like this. The listeners can't see my hands are about as far apart as they can be. But I, I often say the smarter you are, the faster you are. Honestly, we've seen it with Leo Lowen. We've seen it with Michael Taff. You know, I still see Mookie on on Saturdays going. There is not a world in an NCAA Division One Power Five football where he is on the field, but yet there he is, and he's not there because he's taken up space. He's there because he understands where he's supposed to be. And I think understanding your assignment is such a big, big part. You know, take away your size, take away your speed, take away all the athletic ability that you have, your ability to download and and react. I think is a huge part of of why you're so successful. That that comes back to the coaching and the film study. I mean, our coaches notice some of the most minute details, like this guy's hand isn't down and he's about to shift. So we work on it all week in practice. Our attack teams give us a great look. And it's really something that I'm not necessarily the only one who notices it. We all notice it and we communicate it. Maybe one play, I don't get it. Someone else gets it. But it's kind of this hive mind effect where we're all looking at our keys. And if we see what we see, well, I can guess the play probably 50% of the time. To know what you're doing before it happens. And I think the term is kind of loosely used, you know, dream the beautiful dream. Okay, there's there's a nice ring to it. It looks good on a piece of paper. It sounds good in a meeting, but it's also, Hey, you've prepped so much for this and you've taken so many mental reps. In addition to your physical reps, it kind of goes back to Denham knew what was going to happen before the ball was thrown. He recognized it immediately. And it became that moment in the game where the defense said, no, not today. We're, we're, we're here. We're, we're ready now. And everything's going to be fine. Is that, is that kind of the, the thought process is why dream the beautiful dream is not just a thought. It's a reality. I, I kind of didn't understand it. My sophomore year coach Dodge would always say it. it. It's just something that really helps you prepare because there are moments in the game where you, you see a ball coming your way. Sometimes it's a little bit nerve wracking. You hesitate a little bit, but if you've actually thought about it and when you go to the JV games, I really like to do this, go to the JV games, watch the other team, their JV run their plays and imagine myself there. And I can see it so vividly that I've already done it. And it gives us confidence to go make plays as fast as we can. Final thought with Ty Ingram Iser as a senior captain, you mentioned something earlier when you're developing your captain speech. Normally at this time of the interview, I ask you what you do to prepare for a game. But as a communicator, as a guy that can put sentences together, what is some of the themes of your captain speeches that you can share with us that, that you think kind of demonstrate your leadership i think it's so funny because the five of us all have such different flavors of the week and they're all usually pretty similar i'm kind of known more as the link between the team and the captains so i i really try to relate to the guys and i try to make sure everyone knows like hey this isn't just about us five up here or the starters on the field. It's about everyone being involved. It's about doing it for the guy next to you. Really just, just letting them know that I love them, they love us, and if we play for each other, it can't go wrong. 
He's Ty Ingram Iser, our Shap of the Week, senior captain and defensive back. Thanks so much for doing this. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Westlake Nation podcast. Stay tuned as we bring you new episodes each week. The Westlake Nation podcast is powered by the Westlake Shaft Club and part of the Westlake Nation Media Network. This is Westlake Nation.